What's up, everybody? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Wednesday, June 19th, 2019. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the rogue one, Gary Witta. Hello. Hello. Back. I didn't see you last week because you were at E3. I was. I was out of town also. I was kind of doing the watching the live streams sure. remotely. Here and I, there. I caught quite a bit of your stuff. I How do we some, do? Caught some of your EA Play stuff. How did I do? You were great, of course. Okay, of course, you perfect. always get your money's worth when you're high grade. Yeah, that's what you're right. Um, I saw you on the GameSpot couch. Sure, yeah. Uh, doing, I mean, you were everywhere. That's what I do, man. You were everywhere. You know I mean? Somebody's got to do it. Yeah, it, I mean, Andrea is the busiest lady in the business. I can be the busiest. You're man the hardest in the working man in show business. Exactly, you're the new exactly. James Brown. Exactly. What were you? What were you doing? Where were I was? Were you? I'm working. I was working on a movie gig. Um, uh, on a movie nice. project out in New Eat, York. Book at Eli too. Uh, well, I was very happy to be in New York. I love New York. Yeah. Uh, the hotel they put me in was right next to a Cheesecake Factory. Oh, you were in so Hog I, Heaven. I, uh, I, I very rarely get to go to the... The Cheesecake Factory here in the city is always... It's a, it's at the top of the Macy's department store. Yeah. And it's always packed out. You can never get in. Yeah. This one... Hottest, hottest reservation in town, they say. Oh, my God. Cheesecake yeah, hottest Factory, ticket in town. But this one where I was, I was in White Plains, New York. Yeah. Which is upstate, kind of in the middle of nowhere. Gotcha. Um, and my hotel was right next to it. So I when I... And I was done by like five o'clock each day. My work day was done. <laughs> so when I, when I moseyed over there, like five o'clock it's totally open yeah uh, i got i got the new cake pay app what's for that my, it's, it's it's like apple pay but for the cheesecake oh, factory wow, they have their go. own thing oh my God. and um i think the cheesecake factory gets a bad rep does it now i enjoy the cheesecake factory i've only been a handful of times and i and i i, I would say i started going a handful of times in the last few years and it's I, that overwhelming menu i think puts a lot of people yeah, off but they got like those buffalo items. blasts Buffalo Blast, yeah, that's like, your go-to? Oh, my God, yeah, as an appetizer. Like, yeah. It's like a fried wonton with buffalo chicken in it. Oh, I might have to try that next oh time. Oh, my God. I, I, I got the dynamite shrimp. Yeah. And it was very good. Yeah. Tell me more about the Cheesecake app, though. So is this like a Starbucks thing where I'm preloading so it's called, it with money? It's called, it's called Cake Pay, okay, cake of pay. all things. Because sure, sure. here's what happened. Well, please I, I, I went out to the Cheesecake Factory, and I left my wallet at home. Oh. But I had, I have Apple Pay. And more and more places are taking that now. Yeah. So I thought, well, maybe I can just pay with my phone. I don't need to go back to the hotel and get my wallet. Mm -hmm. And so I looked it up, like Cheesecake Factory Apple Pay, and it led me to this 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 Apple this uh, cake, cake pay. pay app. And it's really weird. It's like a, it seems like an additional unnecessary step. Uh -huh. You you link your Apple Pay to Cake Pay. Yeah, this does seem And then you use Cake Pay to pay for your cake. Sure. Okay. Okay. Um, which seems like do Are I really you earning points in the cake? I guess pay? maybe you're earning loyalty okay, points okay. or something. Sure. Um, but you know, it, I didn't have to go back and get my wallet. And the, and the and the wait staff, they weren't that familiar with the app, but they figured it out. Good. Super nice. One of the things I like about the Cheesecake Factory is they always make you feel very welcome. Yeah. They're always really nice and friendly. When you hear your family. Yeah. Super. Super. That, that's a different place, isn't is it? Is it? I don't know. Is that the Olive Garden? It is the Olive that's Garden. That's the Olive yeah, Garden. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the Olive Garden. Yeah. Which I like also. Yeah. You ever yeah. go to the Olive Garden here in San Francisco? Uh, you know who loves the Olive Garden here in San who? Francisco? Andrea Renee. Oh, she so does. So there's been a few times we've I wrapped thought the game. I, I don't want to. I, I love Andrea. I thought she might have seen herself like a little bit above the, the, the kind of the cheesy chain restaurant. Andrea Renee. I think she she's as happy at an Olive Garden as she is at the finest dining. She's a woman for all seasons. Gang puck, whatever. You know what I mean? <laughs> like she she's you know from the middle of the country. Fargo, North Dakota. She's bootstrapped. She understands what's oh, up. Oh, that's what I mean. She, so she comes from she comes from kind of from dirt, basically. Sure, like, exactly. Like the rest of us. Yeah. I, yeah. Sometimes I remind her she is dirt still. <laughs> if you didn't know, ladies and gentlemen, this is kind of funny games daily. Today we'll be talking about Breath of the Wild sequel, Bernie Sanders talking video games, and a whole bunch of Gary Witta related questions. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah. 
All right. This is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday on a variety of platforms, we run you through the nerdy video game news you need to know about. If you like that, be part of the show. Patreon.com slash Kind of Funny Games. You can leave your questions, comments, concerns, everything under the video game sun. Then I put it in the show, which you can watch as we record it live on Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. If you're watching live, you have a special job. Go to KindofFunny.com slash You're Wrong. Tell us what we screw up as we screw it up so we can set the record straight for everybody watching later on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games. Roosterteeth.com and listening on podcast services around the globe. Housekeeping for you. Remember, we have launched We Have Cool Friends. It's a new interview show. You can go over to YouTube.com slash Kinda Funny or podcast services and subscribe and watch. So far, Devin Sawa, Anthony Rapp, both on it. Uh, I saw a bit of that yesterday, I think. Yeah. Was it yesterday you put a new one up? Uh, Monday. The day before? Monday. They, yeah. they pop I, I can't watch it. You were on Twitch. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, you popped yeah. in. You said, who's this guy? I, I popped, Yeah, that's right. I popped onto Twitch to see, who, see who's live, and I saw yeah. you were live. I thought, what's this? Yeah. Checked it out. New talked show. to someone. And yeah. I thought, yeah, who's this guy? And they told me. They told me this guy was. Yeah. Check it out. YouTube.com slash kind of funny. Please subscribe over there. Watch it. Uh, podcast service is slowly rolling out to everything. Who are you it's lined up Apple. for that? Are you able to reveal who you might have lined up for uh, future I believe, cool uh, friends? So Josh McCuga coming up. Okay. Who's uh, that? He's going to be part of it. He's, you know Josh. You've run to Josh. He's the guy who comes here and he wears loud suits and he, he's, he's basically a better Nick. He does the newlywed game with us. He did Josh Birdie. They're going to okay. do a deep dive interview okay. with him and stuff. That man. Mega Ram on the hook to come in. Cameron okay. Cuff coming up eventually. Right, yeah, cool. yeah. We got some good hooks. Before we move on, just one quick shout out. You know who sure. I thought? was uh, I mean everyone at Kind of Funny did great stuff at E3 thank you you know who I think is the rising star who think the, for me was the breakout star of E3 and I think actually is going to go on to do great things so that he's a natural Snowbike Mike oh yeah terrific 100% Absolute, absolute natural in front of the camera. Yeah. Really, really good. I think I think he's got a big career ahead of him. I do doing too. something in front of a camera. Whatever it is. I 100% His energy agree with you. is just is so infectious. I love uh, it. 100%. But yeah. I think Snow Mike really Mike enjoyed watching him. He's incredibly talented. Yeah. I don't think he believes in himself enough. He keeps always when I give him these opportunities, oh, really? he's always like, oh, so, oh, oh, he's doing the Snow Mike Mike way. Like, Greg, thank you. Blah blah. But it's like he doesn't, you know. He's, no, I was. Tw- I, I, he posted one of his E3 videos. Yeah. And I tweeted about. It, said, dude, you're a natural. And, yeah. You know, he. he I, I feel like when people don't. Uh, hear it oh, a bit like really am I good like yeah. they need to hear that yeah 100%. They, they, they don't they don't always validate themselves internally so they got it so you you, you got to like give it to them from the outside yeah. but yeah. I, th- I think he's gonna I think Snow Mike Mike's gonna be a big deal you I heard agree. it here first. Yeah, breaking news from Gary Wood. He's got the seal of approval. Uh, thank you to our Patreon producers, Daniel Massey, Blackjack, Colton Yoder, and Mohammed Mohammed. Today we're brought to you by Grubhub, Brooklyn, and Quip, but I'll tell you about that later. For now. Let's begin the show with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. Time for some news. Three items on the Roper Report. Oh, Baker's Dozen! The E3 hangover continues as the news. So we, we all the main E3 pace. news happened last week. Now we're getting like the dregs. Now we've got the dregs. Everybody's laying on their beds all sweaty, just huffing and puffing. You know what I mean? They the gave it everything E3 they news. could. Yeah, now yeah. here we are. Uh, number one comes from Jason over at Kotaku where he's talking about the Breath of the Wild sequel origin stories he was talking to a noom over there uh basically how this came to be it's a great read tried it through translator a whole bunch of great questions over there but the one that pertains to us right now reads like this jason says what made you and the team decide to make a sequel to breath of the wild as opposed to a new zelda game anuma says when we released the dlc for breath of the wild we realized that this is a great way to add more elements to the same world But when it comes down to technical things, DLC is pretty much data. You're adding data to a pre-existing title. And so when we wanted to add bigger changes, DLC is not enough. And that's why we thought maybe a sequel would be a good fit. Jason then says, 
was this sequel originally planned as DLC? And Anuma says, initially, we were thinking of just DLC ideas. And then we had a lot of ideas and we said, this is too many ideas. Let's just make one new game and start from scratch. Hell yeah, Gary. I'm Don't excited. be afraid of it. Lean into it. Breath of the Wild is uh, was probably the game of the year last year in our house. My wife um, put so many hours into it and, my, and, and our kid too. Absolutely loved it. First off, um, that's a lie. Last year, your game of the year. My game of the year was Spider-Man. Sure. But I, I would, if you took a vote in our house, yeah. I think Breath of the Wild would sure be the winner. Assassin's Creed Odyssey? That's well, what I'm saying. Actually, uh, you said last year. You know I mean? Two years ago is when Wild came, Breath of the okay, Wild came okay. out. Okay, the year that the was, year the year that Breath of the Wild was out there. That's the game of the year. I'm just letting it. you know. I won't let him smirch his good name. My wife would say. My wife would say Assassin's Creed Odyssey. She's got more hours in that than anything. But Breath of the Wild was definitely. Um, dare I say, a breath of fresh air and for the Zelda franchise. Um, and I'm very, so I'm very glad they're making a sequel. Let me, uh, maybe Barrett knows the answer. If you don't, Barrett, um, when's the last time? Because it's again, usually when they. Uh, Jason asked a, a good question here because typically each new Zelda game is its own new thing, mm -hmm. right? Different somewhere else in the timeline. Yeah, what you think? Different it, art style, just uh, just a different approach. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, it, now, now we know the original The Legend of Zelda on the NES. Sure. Then he did Zelda Two. Which, yeah, which, which was a different style. Even though it was a straight sequel, it was a different style of side-scrolling. Sure. But is that the last time that there was a straight-up Zelda sequel and not just a whole new game? Majora's Mask. What was Majora's oh. Mask the sequel to, though? Ocarina of Time. It was? Yeah, that was the same. But it, wasn't, but it wasn't called Ocarina of Time 2. Oh, that's what you're asking. That's when what, was that, the last that, time that, there was a Zelda that just had a number on it? Well, not even just a number, but it was like, but in every way it was like, yes, this is a direct sequel to the previous game. Uh, so Barrett's sitting down. He's a Zelda expert, apparently. Zelda, did you hear the question? No. When's the last time, because Breath of the Wild 2 is going to be coming out, and that's a direct sequel to Breath of the Wild. Mm. When is the last time that Nintendo did that? Instead of the next Zelda game being a whole new approach, it, well, was, it, was, a, it was a direct sequel to the previous game. Are we talking about mainline series, or are we talking about like the like the Phantom Hourglass See, that's stuff? where I was going to go. I, I like, would say mainline, it's Majora's Mask. Yes, in it, but if we want to get out into the weeds, it's like the DS titles. And yeah, like you have uh, Phantom Hourglass, which is like a, a sequel to Wind Waker, and then there's a sequel after that that I forget. And Spirit it's Tracks, kind of like Spirit Tracks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the sequel but if to this that. game is actually called Breath of the Wild Two, it will not be called yeah, Breath of the Wild. Think it, you don't no, think it will no. be? Not a chance in hell. Because that has because because that, that's what I'm saying. That hasn't happened since Zelda Two on the NES, right? Mm. Yeah. Yes. Okay. That's that's kind of With what like I was getting at. With like actual two in the title, yeah, I don't think it's happened since then. Because I think it's you know, typically, you know, uh, these approaches are kind of one and done approaches. They'll do a game in a certain way, mm. and then the next game will come out. It'll be a totally new part of the timeline, different story, different art style, totally different approach. Yeah. But Breath of the Wild, you know, if we've seen enough in the trailer to know, it's basically more Breath of the Wild. Yeah. That it was enough of a hit that they're thinking rather than reinventing the wheel again, let's stick with this because people really like it. Yeah. Right. I, it's a smart idea. Yeah. Yeah, who everyone loves that world. Want, everybody loves that want style. More of that game, basically. Yeah. And people were like, at, like you know, you had Jared Petty like asking for since. Oh, doki doki. Oh, doki. Uh, RPG, JRPGs. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, like since Breath of the Wild came out, he has been talking about like wanting like a Majora's Mask yeah, style like totally. uh, Fran too. Uh, sequel and Fran as well. And it's kind of been in the car. Like it's been something a lot of people have asked for. So I think that. The fact that they had so many ideas for DLC and the fact that they probably saw a lot of people being like, it would be really cool if we had a follow-up specifically in this world, in this engine, and do like a weird Majora's Mask-like take on a sequel. Uh, that's probably why they're like, 
Yeah, might as well, you know. I yeah. think I think it's great, and in the case of Breath of the Wild, then yeah, certainly the Widow household will be happy to see more Breath of the Wild. But one of the things I like about the um, the Zelda franchise is they don't just stick with one thing, right? Every new game is they they reinvent they do reinvent the yeah, wheel a little they bit. Usually different have, like, approach, different art style, different totally different yeah. chronology. Yeah, like yeah. keeping up the Zelda chronology is actually really difficult to. Let me tell you, I did a lot of extensive research last night because. Oh, because you're going to try to play them all in chronological order, right? Are you? Yeah, I didn't hear this. Yeah, is that? I mean, I've seen some videos on this, and it's it's not. It it doesn't all make sense, right? It doesn't all make sense, but it's also not as complicated as people make it out to be. Um, Just because if you do enough, if you look up like just even one video, and they explain like, oh, there's three timelines after Ocarina of Time, depending on what the outcome is of the end of that game. Um, and then, yeah, the reason it's all weird now is because of Breath of the Wild, actually, because there's references to all three different timelines in that game. So it's like, do they converge at one point or like, yeah, like, how does this connect to everything else? Um, but I think they keep it vague enough uh, specifically for interpretation. So, yeah. Okay, I'll yeah. let you have it. All right, uh, you're wrong over here. Uh, clarif- not clarification. Not, not even that you're wrong as much as some clar- just clarification and stuff. Zyger points out that regarding the Legend of Zelda sequels, Phantom Hourglass on Nintendo 3DS is a direct sequel to Wind Waker, which we said, okay. taking place directly after the events of Wind Waker. Right. And Spirit Tracks takes place a thousand years after that. Yeah, but it's like it's still directly connected because there's a character from uh, uh, Petra's uh, crew that's in uh, Spirit Tracks. Gotcha. And it's uh, the Zelda in that game is like Petra's descendant. But even, like but even though descendant. from a, even though from a story chronology standpoint, mm. those games were different in their own ways. Breath yeah. of the Wild Two is like it's just. I mean, obviously it'll add new stuff, but it's basically just more. It's the same style. It's the same characters. It feels right. like a direct continuation oh, yeah. in every way of yeah. the previous game. And then yeah. Nanobiologist chimes in, A Link Between Worlds is technically a sequel to A Link to the Past and is considered an indirect sequel to the game with the same world but different people inhabiting mm. it. I, don't, mm. I think you may have bitten I off more than you can chew here, my no, friend. No, that one I slightly agree with. Um, but <laughs> it, it's a weird one where A Link Between Worlds takes place after Link's Awakening. So it's like... We, it's weird. Zelda's dumb, but I love it. And yes, I'm weirdly obsessed with wanting to replay all the mainline games in Carlot. Do it! I'm, I'm going to do it. I have to do a bunch of research on how to play Skyward Sword on the Wii U and dumb stuff like that. So yeah. that'll be fun because you still have we to use... We want to like a man! Yeah, you got to do the still the motion controls and stuff. God, I hate that game, but I'm I'm, I'm going to do it. <laughs> man. All right. Wish, we wish you well. Number two on the Roper Report, Senator Bernie Sanders chimed in about game uni- unions yesterday. This is the t- he tweeted basically a link to Times article. Every game you like is built on the back backs of workers. Video game creators are burned out and desperate for change. Uh, he, that's he tweets that link out with this text: The video game industry made $43 billion in revenue last year. The workers responsible for that profit deserve to be collectively bargain. I'm sorry, deserve to collectively bargain as part of a union. I'm glad to see unions like at IATSE and the broader at game workers movement organizing such workers. That's out of the blue. Um, yeah, a little bit, you know, because you don't think of you don't think of someone like Bernie, Bernie Sanders being a big video game fan. Well, I mean, yes, but what, but of course, what he's really addressing is is a subject that he does talk about a lot, sure. which is unionization and 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 you know, fair play to workers and things like that. Uh, Bernie's not my wouldn't be my choice for the Democratic nomination, but sure. I like a lot of the things that he does talk about. God you know, financial, so, so, you know, financial and social equality, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and I've been, I'm a union man. I'm a member of the Writers Guild of America. Without 
uh, that guild, I wouldn't have my health insurance. I wouldn't have any of the kind of the pay and employment protections that I enjoy. Yeah. As a screenwriter in Hollywood, I get treated like shit. But there's a there's a degree to which you can treat me like shit sure. because the writers guild protects me. Sure. Without that. The degree to which I would be treated like shit, like there'd be no floor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, I, I, I could yeah, probably, be new I could depths probably every get day. like physically assaulted and all kinds of horrible things would yeah. happen to me. So thank God for my union. And because I enjoy those protections, I wish that other creatives and other people working in other, you know, endeavors uh, could have those protections and those benefits as well. Um, and I think that, you know, we're seeing more. I, I, I like the fact that Bernie's talking about this brings it into the spotlight because he's a national figure. Yeah. And anything he turns his attention to and decides to talk about becomes news at least for five minutes so sure. I'm, I'm grateful for him putting a, a, a spotlight on it and I agree with everything he says on this issue and with everything that we're talking I think you know it's nice to have that he'll be talking about something else next week but I think what we're seeing is uh, that is possibly more uh, consequential is this groundswell of conversation about crunch yep. and how games are built on often on the backbreaking labor of people who make games. We saw it was a big topic at E3. Yeah. You know, Nintendo were applauded for pushing back Animal Crossing and saying we care about work life balance. Other game developers were coming out. Because it's in part because it's the right thing to do, in part because they have to now. They can't get away with it anymore. Those clowns at Iron Galaxy were in the news yesterday for how they don't do it. Right, right, Adam, right. Adam Boys and Dave Lang over Talking here. Talking about how they just don't want to work anymore. I like Dave Lang. <laughs> Dave I'm Lang's, point, I don't want to work point anymore. I'm in my life where I just don't want to work. I totally relate to that. We all do get to that point. Uh, some quicker than others. Uh, but I, it, it's coming. The day is coming. I do think we're going to see unionization. Uh, and uh, I think it'll be a good day when that happens. What's your view on this? Uh, on unionization? Yeah. I think it's a good thing. I mean, in this instance, uh, it's, of course, not our, uh, not my side of the industry. Uh, I, I've never been part of a union, obviously. Uh, I think, you know, you talk about game writers unions being a thing now. As yeah. You see Jason tweet about that or talk about that a lot. Um, do you think Do you think that unionization can offer the solution or at least part of the solution to game crunch and these issues I think that we're it can seeing? help, yeah. I think it can definitely help. Collective bargaining on that level definitely can. Like, I think it's fun. I want to... I'm sticking with this. Stick with me. It's going to be a walk. Yesterday on the show, when it was me and Andrea, we were talking about something else. Oh, the movement of how... It was a question from the audience about how the Movement 83 was the, hey, we're continuing our games with free content. Keep doing this. And this... Is this sustainable for the industry? Is this a good thing? Blah, blah, blah. I said what I liked about that and how that's been happening is that we talk about this on such a granular level uh, every day with Games Daily that... Like, remember, you know, when we first started the show and you were joining us in 2017, right? There would be, it seemed like three months where every day we talked about loot boxes. Every mm-hmm. day we talked about somebody doing fucking Yeah, it was getting boxes. kind of tiresome. It, totally. But in, 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 and that's because we're doing it in the moment, day to day. Yeah. Whereas when you pulled out of a big picture, you got, you had to see like, here's where the trouble spot happened. And then two years later at E3, right? In 2019, it's everyone coming out and being like, Everything's free. There's no season passes. There's no microtransactions. It's all here the way it's supposed to be. And and you see that ripple effect of it changing, right? Right. In the same way I feel, really since Schreier came out, that it was when when Jason came out at GDC and they was like, and was that this year, or last year though? When Jason made his GDC appearance uh, on Games Daily and was talking about like coming right off the heels of how much union talk there is at GDC, and I feel like now when we talk about these different articles about crunch, uh, the shit riot, right? How people now the articles being like I'm talking about this Dave Lang article, right, from Schreier over at it was right uh, over on Kotaku, right, of how Iron Galaxy avoids crunch. I feel like we're talking about crunch in the same way where 
there are these inevitable ripples that are going to go out. And what does it look like in two years? What is the change? And I think the change will be not the end of crunch. I just think a more humane crunch. I don't know if you can end. When you say crunch, it's such a broad term. Where, okay, cool, it's working long hours and it's doing all this different stuff. But there's the crunch that I feel the 14-person developers are doing because they love their game and they want to finish their game. And not to say these other people don't love their game. I know everybody loves their game. They want to finish it and they want it to be the best thing possible and they're all in it, yay, you know, drinking a beer, ha- hanging out, having fun, right? And then there's the crunch of, shit, fucking, the Hauser brothers haven't left their office. We can't leave our office. Right, I want right. to go home to my daughter's recital, but I can't, you know, right. like that kind of thing. I think seeing that get snuffed out is obviously a good thing seeing like i don't know if you had a chance to listen to yesterday's episode with andrea like we had an article from uh, an interview with strauss zelnick right uh take two ceo where he was like i don't understand why people would want a union it's like what are you talking like he's so disconnected the fact that we're having the conversation of what the problems are what the pain points are what the actual workers themselves are getting up and saying the problems are i think inevitably publicly inevitably leads to Okay, let's fix this. Because again, I don't think the video game industry is filled with a- assholes that are trying to fuck everybody over and be complete jerks. There's definitely fucking scumbags, don't get me wrong. But I don't think that's the main thrust of the corporate overlords or the, the uh, management in general. I don't think it's like that dire of like when any other, not any other, but some of the other industries have unionized to basically overthrow this oppressive regime that wants them. It doesn't care if they die on the, sh- on the, on the uh, working room floor, right? I think that you're going to see changes. I think it is unsustainable. I think that we've lived long enough and been in industry long enough and had the stories go from celebrating the fact that the MLB, the show team has like cots in their in the offices, the execs do because they they crash out there and sleep there during crunch from celebrating those stories to now looking at the stories and be like, this isn't sustainable. This yeah, isn't the, the right way. The, the attitude has shifted, right? And 100%. That's, that's, that's what I'm getting at. I think that's the most important thing. Yeah. The attitude towards that, it's no longer something to be celebrated. It's no longer, oh, look how hardcore we are. We now understand that work-life balance is important. We see we see it all over the place. Like self, Self-imposed work-life balance and anti-crunch is important as well. We yeah. see like Twitch streamers all the time burning themselves out sure. because they're, they're like, I'm going to do a 48-hour stream or yep, whatever, yep, and yep. they kill themselves yeah, over Jack Septicide, you know, just took, in the last few months, took a lot of time off, right? Yeah. Like, I need to recenter. I need yeah. to fix this. Yeah, yeah you got you got to take breaks. And so I think as an industry, they're waking up to it. And so it's that, it's the teeter-totter, it's the spectrum of, well, there should be nothing or there should be a union and will being somewhere in the center, will you see... Um, I, you know, people are always talking about like, well, unions are going to be so hard because there's so many different developers and industries. And it's like, cool. So is it going to be that the, you know, employees at developer X make their own union, like small U union that is collectively bargaining and talking to management about what they need, what they don't need. And like that exists there to try to help them. Is it that it'll be multiple, you know, okay, we're the Santa Monica video game union, right? We're Naughty Dog and the initiative and Insomniac. We're getting together that way and trying to hold it together. I think, Something is coming, something is changing, and I think these are the first steps towards it. And I do think, again, like you brought up, like bringing it to the national stage, right? Yeah, good for out. Bernie. Yeah, and puts it out in, in a way that we all know it's happening. We all know this conversation's happening, and I think the more eyes on it is what leads to change. It's yeah, I think thing. so. And I, again, whether or not this will move the needle at all, I don't know. But, uh, you know, to, to the larger point, 
Um, I do think that union, unionization is at least part of the solution. I think that gen- I don't think that companies are companies like EA and Bioware. Well, maybe not EA, but companies like Bioware and these other companies we hear about Crunch all the time. Yeah, yeah. I don't think they're necessarily evil, but generally management gets away with what it can get away with. Yeah. And I, I, I'm a general believer in the idea that self-regulation doesn't work. Trusting big companies to regulate themselves and have kind of like corporate integrity sure. and actually care about their employees the way that they profess to sure. generally doesn't work. They will get away with what they can get away with. So I feel like in, in t- unless there is some kind of out external mandate or pressure that they that they cannot ignore. Well, I mean, the, 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 this is again. We wouldn't if self regulation works. We wouldn't be seeing these stories about one hundred percent. In the again, the, the reason if you're if this is your loot box, where you're like, I'm so sick of crunching unions. You're gonna hear about it more because it isn't even about this getting announced now, right? It's yeah. about that we are all sitting here, and yeah. maybe I'm just talking for myself. Maybe and obviously for you and uh, enough people, but like, I don't want my creators my artists who are making the art i love to miss out on life events for video games right i don't i like i sure i want my games as quickly as possible and like when animal crossing got pushed it was like ah. but it's also like no i mean take all the time you need i'm gonna be there for animal crossing when i get it don't kill everybody i don't want people <laughs> missing family events and not seeing loved ones and not going home and, ha- and not having bad sleep schedules and getting ulcers and no i don't want that i want everybody taken care of crunch sucks and it needs it the oppressive crunch sucks and needs to be fixed. If you're, if the way you work is to be crazy and okay, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get in your way. I don't know. I'm not saying they should lock the doors of the studio and throw everybody out or something. You know what I mean? But I don't. That's why it's a complicated issue. I don't know how to fix it. But what we need in the reporting, right, is what we're getting, where we're gonna get check-ins, right? Uh, I, I'm. This is not video games, but it kind of is, right? Rooster Teeth just wasn't. It had a, a thing go through on the Reddit this week where there was a thing about. The Glassdoor reviews on, on the site, you know, Glassdoor, where you can go review uh, places to work or whatever. Okay. There was a whole bunch of reviews went up that were like, hey, man, it's crunch over there and it sucks, right? Oh, and uh, it, Rooster Teeth? Yeah, okay. on their animation teams. Okay. So not, 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 I don't know anything about it because, well, I don't know anything about Rooster Teeth, period. But I don't know. <laughs> definitely, this isn't like Bernie and Gus's Rooster Teeth. This is the animation, Genlock, all that, all that okay. stuff. And. Pretty much, I, I it was like one of those things where I woke up in the morning and saw it on the making the rounds on the subreddit, and then by the time I got to the office, uh, Matt from Rooster Teeth, who's whatever big big wig title he has now, had already put up a, a blog statement on it, right? Of like, hey, like we, we I wanted to j- chime in on what we're seeing on the Reddit. We understand that this this is something we we knew that uh, it was something to the effect of like we knew that we were pushing too much and we're already looking at how to change this and already doing that and stuff, right? I saw that and I was like, okay, great, awesome. They're going to fix it because number one, I know Matt personally. I and number two, I know Rooster Teeth uh, who work. I know the people who work at Rooster Teeth, and I definitely don't think at the top of Rooster Teeth, Bernie's rubbing his hands like trying to fuck over his workers. Right? I don't. Under, I, I'm not there for the day to day. I don't know how it happened. They, they, he announced employee uh, employees shifting around there, like leadership teams people shifting around. People I don't know from Adam, so maybe they they suck. I don't know. But it's that thing of taking my personal investment out, knowing Matt personally, right from the gauntlet and just being around it. Rooster teeth. Now it is cool. Somebody has to follow up with that in six months, nine months, a year, two years, right? Did, is it all lip service? Is it not? And that's what we're seeing here too, of like, cool, things are bad and people are talking about how to fix it. And, developer and publisher x and y are saying we're not going to be that way we're going to be better you know hip hip hooray 
cool, prove it. And it's the same thing with Riot, right? In in a different way, in a different thing of like having a toxic culture of cool, there's been all this reporting and all these protests on it and they keep saying they're doing it and you know, when they did the last round of protests where there was the walkout at Riot, right? They Riot's response was, well, cool, and we don't agree with that part of it. We're working on it in collective bargaining. But they had, like, remember, the, like, the, basically the roadmap of changes they're making with checks next to what they've, what they've done, what they're looking to do right now, what the next six months are going to do with the 12, you know, like, that's the transparency you need to make sure this is getting better. And you got to you got to check back in on that stuff, though. Yeah. Again, I think a lot of times these companies say all the right things, yeah. make all the right moves, because, again, it's what they what they feel like for their own image they need their audience to see but you got to make sure there's i mean i'm sorry if, if some if some members of our audience find it repetitive or boring that we keep talking about you know crunch unionization and and you know some of the less fun things that goes into making all the fun things that we enjoy too bad i, I feel like it's an important you know, it's an important part of you know what we do here is very silly it kind of funny but you know people like jason trying it's the job of all of us whether it's kind of goofy commentators like ourselves or more serious journalists like um uh jason we all, I think we all have a responsibility to pay attention to this stuff oh, and sure. hold their feet to the fire and make sure that it isn't just something they can, they can slap up an impressive roadmap and then hope that in the very short attention spans we have these days, we'll move on to something else and they can just throw it away. 100%. We've got to check back on these guys and make sure they're actually following through. Yeah, 100%. And again, we'll, we'll know if they were. We, one of the nice things about the internet and the social media age is there's a million different ways now for whistleblowers to get this information out there. Right. And we're seeing it more and more. And I think, you know, for me it falls back to, and it's actually in the article Bernie uh, tweet out I started reading I got maybe halfway through it's it's told through the lens of one of the telltale employees right and like I think that's like such the the example of why I think the unions or something needs to come in and and be there for these people right let alone the fact that it's talking about you know this fan who got hired dream job develops an ulcers coughing up blood because of the working thing oh my god but it's more the fact of remember how overnight telltale was gone all these people lost their jobs. They had no, no benefits. They, I, what is two weeks yeah. of salary or something? Yeah, to that totally fact. cut loose. Yeah, no medical benefits. Like, that's where you need someone fighting and protecting where collective bargaining helps, I think, in a lot of ways that individual employees don't. Right. So we'll I'm see. Telling you, I'm telling you, and, and, yeah, there's a lot of bullshit out there. Companies always like to talk about their employees like their families. They're not, their, they're not your family. They're, honestly, you're, I guarantee you that 99% of the companies people work at, your boss does not give a shit about you. And that's, that's definitely I, true here. Fuck you, Kevin. <laughs> and that's why it's so easy for them to cut lo- cut people loose. You yeah. know, they just do, it's, it, again. It's all about the bottom line, yeah, and it's yeah. very disheartening. Yeah. Anyway, um, some your wrongs in here. Uh, Lord of Pwn says Jason was on Kind of Funny Games Daily during GDC in 2018. So that's how long we've been talking just, about unions. Just last year. And I feel it keeps ramping up. And then Nanobiologist points out Matt Holm is the CEO of Rooster Teeth. I said a highfalutin title, and that's pretty highfalutin. Kind of impressive what they built over there at Rooster. Considering I remember, when it, I remember when it was two guys making. Um, Red versus blue, like Halo machinimas. They all started from that, didn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The Empire they've or, built over yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. I happened to be watching um, reruns of Always Sunny in Philadelphia, one of my favorite shows. Yeah, yeah. And Bernie's on an episode. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. Like, he's got a little cameo. Yeah, yeah. I, so I was like, is that Bernie? Yeah. I spotted him. Look at you. How did he pull that off? Uh, I think. Does he know the guys or something? I think so, yeah. I think, yeah. Maybe they like his content or whatever. Fandom, yeah, well, because they're thing. big video game guys. They were on the Ubisoft stage. Yeah, because uh, well, Rob's doing this video game show. Yeah, now, yeah. Right? yeah. What do you well, know about it? You, you, I don't, I, you're I don't know, it yet? I don't know much about it. I know that obviously it's it would it's my cup of tea because it's a subject I uh, am invested in. Yeah, and those guys are hilarious. I, I think it's a great combination. This is going to be a really funny show. Okay, number three on the rope report. We have the NPD results for May 
2019. This is from Matt Piscatella on Twitter, of course. What, of course, what up, Matt? Uh, here are your top 10 games for the month of May. These are physical and full game digital for publishers in the digital leader panel, ranked by dollar sales. Uh, number one, Mortal Kombat 11. Number two, Days Gone. Number three, Total War Three Kingdoms. Number four, Bethesda. Number five, Grand Theft Auto Five. Uh, number six, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Number seven, Red Dead Redemption Two. Uh, number eight, MLB 19, The Show. Number nine, Minecraft. It's back. And then number 10, NBA 2K19. Uh, worth pointing out that both uh, from Matt's graph here, Super, Super Smash and Rage 2 have asterisks next to them. I believe that means they're excluded from the digital sales, but you can kind of funny you're wrong me on that if you want. Just a little note on uh, Days Gone, yeah. which you know has been noted as selling really very well. As Matt reports, Days Gone was the second best-selling game of May, repeating its April what I, performance. What I'm also noting... And is now the eighth best-selling game of 2019. I apologize. It's impressive. What, I, what I'm also noting from keeping my ear to the ground on the social media and the yeah. Twitter yeah. is that I feel like the narrative is changing a little bit. When, when, the, when the game first came out, it was a big critical pile-on, remember? Sure. There was like, a lot of the critics were, were, were really harsh on it. Um, and, it, and it put me off playing it. I had a copy of it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, maybe after these reviews, maybe I don't want to get into this. The game seems broken. Seems like just, you know, just maybe like just another video game. Like, what's special yeah, yeah. about it? And it put me off. But I started to see, over time, people warming to it more. And just the other day, I can't remember, I'm blanking on who it was. But there was someone I follow on Twitter, either another filmmaker or another writer or someone, a creative person whose opinion I, if they say something, oh, maybe I should pay attention. Um, I had a big tweet about like I, I don't think people are giving enough credit to Days Gone it's actually really good it actually has a really good story a, a lot of the bugs have been fixed in the patches now like it, this game should be getting more attention it obviously is getting plenty of sales attention yeah. but I, I, I wonder if the, if the critical uh, narrative over time might shift as people look back and reflect on it the, that initial kind of very harsh critical reaction um, I don't know. Maybe we jump the gun a little bit, and maybe it's a good, maybe it's a better game than that first critical reaction. Well, this is why uh, you need to play suggested. the games, Gary. When I give you the games, play I should them. actually just try them. them out. You know, but what the, I, mean? I get it. So I've, I, who's, I only who's have so many time? hours in the day, yeah. and if I if I have a game that suddenly is getting critically, you know. Uh, uh, getting the shit kicked out of it. Sure. I think, oh, maybe I'll play something else that is going to be better. I've been playing other stuff. But I'm but I'm inclined now to actually give it a chance. Well, you know, I always bring this up, and I always get the year wrong, but it doesn't matter. Uh, GDC, when I was still at IGN, we went to see Eric Brudvig, former IGN guy who was working at EDAR at the time, who does all the mock reviews and studies oh, review yeah. data and all that jazz, do a panel. And the most, the most salient point I took out of it, right, was that review scores don't matter. What matters is getting your game reviewed. People, if the review's good, mediocre, terrible, they that over time matters less and less and less. It's just the fact that the game got reviewed and had people talking and has mind share that it's, even if you heard it was bad, then it's on your mind when you hear it might be good or when you see it scoring well or doing whatever, that there's that to it. Days Gone in particular, I think, is, is a very interesting case. It was a very bizarre launch, I thought, where it was the critical review and in, in myself just like I didn't enjoy this game like and I didn't hate it as I said right I was just like it's a mediocre game yeah and then the other side pulling of the audience and maybe again maybe just a vocal minority of people who played it and wanted to not even in vocal minority in the bad way vocal minority in the, you know just a few people who wanted to tweet about it the audience being then positive about it and it was this weird shakeup of I think it got lost in the sea of like, I didn't, you know, I'm like, I think it's a mediocre game, right? 
but there were there were reviewers who were like just trying to crucify it and take it down. So then that got all the criticism got lumped that it wasn't even that the games it's a six five seven. It, it was that everything's it's a four right, and that made people come in I guess with maybe low expectations. And then when they started having good times, they're like, "What are you talking about?" Like. Maybe For, that's it. The expectations were set low initially by that first batch of reviews. And what gets very interesting, I think, is where are we going to be a year from now with Days Gone? Or even at end of the year? Is this a game you're going to look fondly... People are going to look back on fondly and be like, you know what? This deserves a, a Game of the Year award. This, des- or this deserves an award for Best Action Adventure or Best Open World, whatever. Or is it going to be a year from now a game that I think falls into like the Mad Max category? Where, again, Mad Max didn't review well, but people really dug it. But I don't think you hear people talk about Mad Max a lot. You know, it comes up occasionally. It's like, oh, yeah, I played that. I enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or is it going to be a game that people are like, no, no, this is like an infamous for people. This is a thing that really resonates with them and sticks with them. You know how like in films, oftentimes when a film comes out, it doesn't always find its audience right away. Right. It doesn't get a great But over time, people find it and it comes to be really well liked. Yeah. But, it, but it takes a while. Does that happen in games? I think so. Yeah, I think I, and not. I think now more than ever with updates, right? I think that. I mean, that's the yeah. biggest thing where you have because yeah, the game games. It's not a static thing, right? Exactly. The film is the film forever. Yeah, but games can actually improve. Over and that's time. the thing where you know Days Gone did like what there was. I remember. I don't remember exactly. I guess obviously, but there was an article of like Days Gone's been out for six days and it's had seven patches. Like you know, what I mean, they clearly yeah. were doing stuff. But even beyond that, beyond. What I've appreciated about Days Gone is Sony Ben's commitment to it and the fact that like they announced that, you know, like the content they're they're gonna put out for it. Uh, I think they've already put out uh, some of it, but like, you know, they're gonna put out a harder difficulty. They're putting out challenges, they're putting out things you can do to get biker patches for the vest that'll make you more powerful right. in the game. And it's like that stuff, I'm like, oh, you know what? That actually like cause that was my thing. Sure, I had bugs and I fell through the world reviewing it. That was never I didn't like the gameplay loop. I didn't think it was a rewarding loop. So mm-hmm. when they started talking about that stuff, I was like, you know what, actually, that 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 is uh, uh, moving towards what my problems were with the game, right? It still doesn't help me with, I don't like the way they set up the camps and the way they set up the credit system and the way they set up that I have to finish everything. There is no main path. The monotonous way missions are given and they're just the same thing over and over again. Maybe that will get fixed or changed or tweaked or whatever as well, but it's also video games. It's also art. It also is like, what do you take out of it? What do you want out of a game? And I think it did land at a good point in time where, again, it, it didn't have a lot of stiff competition around it. It wasn't like there was like things fighting on its date. So I think it is that game that you give a shot to. I think ev- eventually they're going to put it on PlayStation Plus or give it a really steep discount, I think, and you'll see even more people jump in and be like, It's yeah. interesting. I mean, I, I obviously in the case of like games like Anthem and Destiny where they're, where they're, li- where they're kind of li- essentially living organisms that are constantly changing and growing and evolving, yeah. then certainly then, yes, the perception of a game can change over time because the game fundamentally changes. With something like Days Gone, which is more of a single-player closed experience, I, I think it's great that they're continuing to support it and add new features. What are they actually trying to achieve there, though? Are they trying to are they trying to make the game appeal to an to the audience that didn't initially buy? Say, hey, we've got all this new stuff now. Maybe, maybe try it now. Or are they just trying to get the people who bought the game? to like it more because they're not they're not getting any more money that way. The only reason to keep supporting the game and adding features is presumably to try and find new people to buy it because you know it's a they've got a, I think it's a little thing column a little column b i think yeah. it is a thing of like first off you know how we, you you know video video game development i know a bit of it like obviously you have a roadmap and a plan long before yeah it's like they launched the game like fuck critics and like it start making dlc like they were doing this stuff no matter what right i think you know putting in the challenges doing the photo mode stuff it's about as everything else is in 2019 with the internet building a community where i think they want to keep the people who really days gone is a long ass game right and i think 
you know, when we're reviewing it, it is let's sit down and plow through it and do it. And obviously when people got it there, that's what, how people played it as well. I'm going to sit down and do all 50 hours in a weekend or whatever. There is a number of people who don't play games that way, right? Who do play to their heart's content at their own pace and are still playing days gone and haven't rolled credits and don't know, you know, the main storyline beats. I think giving them a reason that when they turn it back on, like, Oh cool. You added more stuff. That's awesome. And I think it's also the idea that as always, I don't think PlayStation or wants people selling the, and any publisher for that matter, selling their games back to GameStop. So if there's the promise that, Hey, you really like this and we're putting out more challenges and a new game mode, a new game plus and all that stuff. So hold on to your copy goes far too. And it also, you know, engenders goodwill in terms of awesome. Like I bought this game and it is continuing to pay dividends on it. I liked it enough that I'm keeping it on my PlayStation cross media bar so that when they do drop new content, there's a reason for me to jump on my bike and run around and beat the hell out of some freakers. Yeah. 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 What else you got? Rebecca Valentine uh, chimed in over at gamesindustry.biz and said software dollar sales hit 262 millions for the month of May, down 13% year over year. Last month marked the lowest May software dollar sales since 2013 and the lowest May new release dollar sales since 1998. Year to date software sales are up 2% to 2.2 billion with all platforms declining save for Nintendo Switch, which saw software sales grow enough to offset the drops. Nintendo that can't be stopped. I but, thought I thought Nintendo was the uh, big winner at E3. Oh, do you, you agree? Did you watch our conference? Yeah, of course I did. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I I think there. I don't think there was. Was there a run? I mean, other than Keanu Reeves, was there a runaway that, winner? When when the, when the biggest story is of, of E3 is a, is is a contest between a celebrity and a dog. Yeah. Maybe the games weren't that strong. I mean, I, 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 look, I, I get it. We, we, all, we all love Keanu Reeves. I'm oh, the last person right. in the world to say anything. That, and it was, and I lo- it was a great moment. Yeah. And the whole Your Breath, I loved all of that. Yeah. It was a nice, nerdy moment. And the guy bringing his dog out on stage, that was cute as well. But it does, kind of, it does kind of make you think, yeah, but what about the games? And, it, and there wasn't really like, a st- it seemed like there wasn't really a standout like one game that was like the game of E3 Final Fantasy or Cyberpunk Maybe. I think those are the ones people waffle but even, between but even Cyberpunk I feel like the, the story of Cyberpunk at E3 was like the beginning of a bit of a backlash because a lot of people are not liking some of the the themes that Cyberpunk's exploring they're, they're, as, they're, as they're getting more into after so they did some really I, I don't know if you've been following this but kind of more on the on the cultural side, yeah. I noticed that there, there there's been a little bit of a backlash now that people at, at E3 were able to do a little bit of a deeper dive into the gameplay and the story and to talk to the developers in more depth. There was there was a, a little bit of a backlash from people that are very familiar with you know the cyberpunk culture and the board game and everything that they where they felt like from what they were seeing in the game and the story yeah. and the themes that the the, the 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 cyberpunk game and the developers were they felt the cyberpunk people. Uh, f- kind of fundamentally misconstruing and misunderstanding mm. some of the some of, some, some of the themes that cyberpunk is is built on. Sure, like, okay. f- f- th- so like f- hardcore cyberpunk fans yeah. are like this is like th- that is actually they're saying like you know the way that for, the way that for example the 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 um, the cyberpunk developers are dealing with the way that the society in the in the world uh, deals with and views body augmentation is fundamentally they they argue. The, the inverse of, of how it's supposed to be in the cyberpunk world. Gotcha. Uh, any, anyway, I'm not, I'm not an expert. It, just, it was just interesting to see. Um, my main point is I didn't really feel like there was a big standout uh, other than Skatebird, which for me is the game of the show. Oh, yeah. Thanks to the showkeze for bringing no it to, kind of bringing it to my attention. But I, I kind of felt that, I, I felt like, oh, if you had to say like who had the best showing, I would say, I'd probably say Nintendo. 
Interesting. I think it comes down to personal tastes. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah I think that's just where it's, and that's, it's all over the map. I think Tim agrees with you, so you got that going for you. Well, I mean, you Tim, Nintendo we're, we're, fan we're the Nintendo fanboys. Uh, before we trade off, I just want to get a few your wrongs in here. Um, for MPT, uh, Nanobiologist says the MPD asterisk actually means, the one asterisk that I was talking about is no digital sales. So I was correct. That's not a your wrong. Um, and then Dane O'Bird yeah, Daniel Bird uh, says maybe Gary follows uh, Rami Ismail on Twitter. You follow him, Vlambeer. Uh He mentioned a creator he had had an interesting take on Days Gone. Uh, Rami tweeted on May twenty seventh. I've been thinking about Days Gone, and I've concluded the following: While you're playing it, it's a four out of ten, maybe a five out of ten. If you finished it, it's a seven out of ten. As a 7 out of 10 and as the memories of the super wide range of issues and problems and bad gameplay fade it might turn into 8 out of 10 memory so that's maybe a good example again of how how your um uh, how your memory or how, how you feel about a game can change over time. And I, yeah. I often don't like, when I go see a movie, how I feel about the movie when I walk out of the theater is not always how I feel about 100%. it a day or a week or a month later. Sure. And that's yeah. true of games as well. And that's the thing where I think you can sit there and be like, you you forget the things that annoyed you in the moment, right? Or what you didn't like about it in the moment. And yeah, you do like Rami's talking about. Maybe you just get hung up on how much fun it was to ride the bike or do this thing. And right. I've thought about it when they've done the DLC of uh, the patches like I was talking about. I was like, I want to, I should try that. I should kick that back on and go fight a whore and see what it feels like. But I haven't because there's a million other games to play. Hey, Gary, if I want to know what other hella games out there were to play, where would I go? I already turned the page over. You son of a yeah. bitch. The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform, as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily show hosts each and every weekday. Yeah! Out today! Antiquity Lost. Antiquia Lost on Xbox One. Another site on PlayStation 4. Shadow and Lies on PC. Mission Evil Guy on PC. Infinity Trap Rehamstered, PC and Mac. Uh, Oriza, PC and Mac. Locomotives. PC and Mac. Failed State. PC and Mac. Double Cross launches on Xbox One. A couple of PC titles there I might need to check out. I like I was, the titles intrigue me. Yeah. Mission Evil Guy. I might want to look into that. New dates for you. Harry Potter, Harry Potter Wizards Unite is launching June 21st worldwide. Nowhere Profit launches July 19th on Steam. Uh, Pawarumi Neo. Uh, Nintendo Switch and Xbox One July 24th. I think it might just be Powwow Rummy. I think I meant to delete Neo. Irony Curtain comes to PlayStation 4 June See, 25th. Irony Curtain, I have to know what they're just based on the title alone. I gotta know Nintendo what Nintendo Switch Thursday, June 27th. Xbox One Friday, June 28th. Speaking of Xbox One, let's talk about Game Pass. June 20th, Resident Evil Revelations comes to Game Pass, both of them. Right, yeah. And then Rare Replay comes to both of them on June 20th as well. June 27th, Torment, Tides of Numeria, and Goat Simulator. I'll say what I want. Goat Simulator. (laughs) Come to both uh, the Xbox Game Passes. Then leaving Xbox Game Passes uh, for console. Next Up Hero leaves June 27th. Dead Island Definitive Edition, June 30th. Devil May Cry 4 Special Edition, June 30th. Shadow Complex Remastered, June 30th. Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3, June 30th. And Zombie Army Trilogy, June 30th. 30th. I gotta look into this game. I had it for a brief while. I gotta look into Game Pass again because they've done this new thing now, this ultimate thing where they tie it into your, you get your Xbox Live and Game yep. Pass all kind of bundled you as well. You get it for a buck you, right now. You save a few, yeah, for one month, but yeah. then they jack up the price. That's yeah. how they get you. 
It's like that, it's like that free crack rock they give you to get you. I mean, totally. not that I would know. That's how they got you. Know, you know how they give you that free crack rock because sure. they know you'll Dude, be coming back I for more. I can't walk around yeah, San Francisco <laughs> without being offered a free crack rock. <laughs> being offered a dime bag. Uh, time for Reader Mail. And Gary, I got some doozies for you. But first, let's talk about our sponsors. We're starting with Grubhub. Don't cheat. Grubhub. If you didn't know, is an app you can use to get food delivered to your door, just like we did, Kevin. Joe, oh here we go. Joey but, brought something in. Over yeah, there I know. We had bacon, be, bacon delivered be this morning. It's it's been a great Grubhub sponsorship because it means free food getting delivered to the office. Thanks, Joey. This is free. Yeah, That's you're fantastic. not allowed to eat it on mic. Uh, did Do I maybe get an extra? Oh my gosh. Oh, a breakfast, a breakfast. I gotta bowl give for a shout out to Grubhub and say, hey Grubhub, if you're listening, I'll say anything you want. <laughs> About your product, about your. If you want, if you want, oh, yeah. the get, if you want to get me a, like on a free account at Grubhub, so I can get free. Okay, shit. first off, we don't even have that. The, ha- the Happy Gilmore free card doesn't exist. Grubhub helps you find and order food from where for them wherever you are. How it works? You type in an address, and we tell you the restaurants that deliver to that locale, as well as showing you droves of pickup restaurants near you. Where is this from? This is from Bacon Bacon in San Francisco. Oh, they look, give and they've ba- actually got some bacon. You don't eat it on the mic, Gary. You, you lean away from the mic when you eat that bacon. I step away from the mic to eat bacon. <laughs> Grubhub gives you access to your favorite restaurants, reviews, and a 24-7 customer care team that tracks each order and makes sure you get exactly what you want. Further bacon. away! Stop smacking your lips. People hate it. The company's online and mobile ordering platforms allow diners to order directly from anywhere. Get $10 off your first order of $15 or more by downloading the Grubhub app and use promo code KINDAFUNNY. That's $10 off your first order of $15 or more by downloading the Grubhub app and using the promo code KINDAFUNNY. Uh, next up is Brooklinen. Making your home beautiful is the ultimate form of self-care. You spend a third of your life in the sheets. Don't you deserve to be insanely comfortable? And now that warmer weather is here, maybe it's time to switch up your sheets and duvets to something a little breezier, lightweight, and soft. Check out our newest linen collection with a beautiful assortment of colors. These are luxury linen sheets and robes without the luxury markups. Brooklinen was the first DTC, direct-to-consumer, bedding company, meaning they work directly with manufacturers and directly with consumers. No middleman, just a great product and service. They've got 12 beautiful linen colors and patterns to choose from. It's in their name, so you know it's got to be good. Brooklinen.com is giving my, an exclusive offer to my listeners. Uh, get 10% off and free shipping when you use the promo code games at Brooklinen.com. Brooklinen is so confident their product that their sheets, comforters, and towels come with a lifetime warranty. The only way to get 10% off and free shipping is to use the promo code games at Brooklinen.com. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com. Promo code GAMES. Brooklinen, these are the best sheets ever. And final sponsor is Quip. It's time for spring cleaning, and Quip's got an easy way to start with brushing your teeth. Just two minutes twice a day can help pave the way to a healthier mouth and mind. And now, the whole family can get refreshed with Quip. The new kids Quip has the same two-minute timer and guiding pulses as the original version with no childish gimmicks so they can brush like a grown-up. A built-in two-minute timer pulses every 30 seconds to remind you when to switch sides to give you an even clean. Brush heads are automatically delivered on a dentist-recommended schedule every three months for just $5, a friendly reminder of when it's time to refresh, and you know everyone at Kind of Funny loves them. Tim left his in LA, and he already ordered a new one. I use mine and love it so much, I keep it clean every day, and I'm excited to take it to Montreal with me tomorrow. Brush you going to Montreal? Te- I am going. Back up to Quebec. You know what I mean? For the in-laws? Yeah, yeah. Well, a little, it's more for gen work stuff and then seeing the in-laws and stuff okay. like that. Doing a beer tasting. Very excited. Oh, Quip wow. is one of the first electric toothbrushes approved by the American Dental Association. See why we love it and everybody else loves it. Uh, you can find out why one million happy, healthy mouths do too. Quip starts at just $25. And if you go to getquip.com slash games right now, you can get your first refill, fee, refill pack for free. That's your first pack free at getquip.com slash games. Gary? 
Don't look ahead. I don't. This first question, I don't. No, I was going to say. So you could you could order from Grubhub. Yeah. Yep. Then brush your teeth. Nailed it. Which is what you've got to do after you've eaten, and then go to bed in your Brooklyn sheets. We, it's, the whole evening is sold guys, out. Guys, we've just solved start to everything. You know what I mean? Uh, the twenty thirty eight Pokemon CEO writes in to Patreon.com slash Kind of Funny Games. Are you not familiar with this man? <laughs> no, but I like the name. There's, there's a lot for you to find out about this I already this like this guy. Kind of Funny E3 game of the show. IG and Best of E3? No. Presenting Gary Witta's I Don't Care of E3 2019. Greg, please rapid fire Gary anything about E3 to see what he does and doesn't care about with this year's show. Kebabs, get the care count ready. So, Gary, Cyberpunk. Is this like a binary thing? Do you care or don't care? I, I know, there's no middle. It's, it's just, I gotta go on with that. Yeah. Okay, I'll play it. Yeah, it looks good. Keanu Reeves. Very much care. Of course, how can you not care? Luigi's Mansion. Care. Uh, Avengers. Don't care. Looks like a weird dollar store MCU. <laughs> Final Fantasy VII. Uh, do care. Never played the original, but love the, love the remake. This is, this is my big opportunity to get into Final Fantasy VII. Stadia. I do care. I ordered the Founders Edition, and I'm very optimistic about it. xCloud. Uh, do care for the same reason as Stadia. I like I like all the. I mean, I'm totally I'm in the cloud. My head's in the clouds. Greg. Sure, I've known that for a long time. Gears of War. Don't care. Lost interest in that franchise a long time ago. Ghostwire. Uh, oh, is that the one? That the Bethesda the cool one. Japanese, yeah, uh, yeah. Ghostwire uh, Tokyo. Right? Yeah, I'll play that. Look good. Uh, Deathloop. Didn't see enough to know if I care or not. So I guess I don't care because I didn't even see it. Got it. Fallout 76 NPCs. Don't care. PlayStation not I, being I, there. I think Fallout 76. I think they're rearranging deck chairs on the Titanic. Oh no, it's gonna be fine. You think they're gonna fix it? Because I heard the battle. I mean, it's already fixed. Let's throw in. Let's throw in battle royale. Really feels like the last act of a desperate company, don't you think? No, I, I think they've. I think Fallout seventy six is actually going to rebound nicely, if, if it changed. hasn't already. All right, I mean, you know. I, mean, I, like, I guess look, here's say, the problem: is that it. we did Fallout seventy six, and then Anthem came. It's like, man, you fucked up. Oh my god, they really fucked up. Like yeah. you know what I mean? Like I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I'm comparing two different things. I think Fallout seventy six. Well, I mean, which which one out of the box was more fucked up, Anthem or Fallout seventy six? Ooh, man, that's a dissertation right there. Because, right? like, Fallout 76 was fucked up on a technical level, right? Like, things T-posing and not taking yeah, damage yeah. and, mean, like, badly, shitty connections. It was badly broken. Anthem was fucked Anthem was as well? No, Anthem was fucked up in, hey, wait, the, why are there load screens and then, like, not enough content? Like, that was their, the Anthem problem more than it was a technical problem. Anthem right. was fun to play. But you think, so you think, you think, you know, they say there are no second acts in American life, but do you think that Fallout 76 can have a second act? I, 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 yeah, I think we're already part of it. I think the reaction to the E3 stuff was really positive. I think they've actually made a community out of that game that is positive. Uh, I, I turned it on the morning of the Bethesda conference because I've, I've been feeling it. It's been calling to me to go back and jumped in. I was like, oh my gosh, this runs so much better. And then when they announced the NPCs, I was like, I don't fuck yeah. I don't want to speak out of tone because I've not played it. Maybe they've added a bunch of good stuff. I just know that when they announced Battle Royale, I read that as desperation. Mm, I like, let's, throw, maybe, let's throw in Battle Royale. Maybe that's a last ditch attempt to save it. I read it as just like, a, hey, here we're announcing the stuff you want in a Fallout, a fallout game. NPCs and quest lines that matter and choices. So we are, sorry, the game already is running better. Let's give you a mode today to jump in and try it. Right. And it's a mode that doesn't make you actually have to go through like stories and progression yeah. and all stuff. You can just jump in. And maybe play. now, maybe it's actually now a good time to jump in because it's so heavily discounted. You can get it for like 15, well, you, yeah, 20 they bucks. had that like, free weekend too. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Uh, PlayStation not being there. Care or uh, don't care? Don't care. I actually think it's. I, I kind of. I don't understand the point of E3. Just do your own thing. Let Xbox do their inside Xbox. Let Nintendo do their directs. Let PlayStation do their state of play. Just, just do their own thing. I don't know why we need to bundle it all together into. And E3. then Marvel Ultimate Alliance. I care more about that than I care about Square Avengers. 
Nice. Okay. So that's a care. You care yeah. about that. You yeah. Do, yeah. I mean, there's a few. Th- I, I thought it'd I be more. It was a mixed I, bag. I, yeah, I, yeah. I think I. I think if you tallied that up, you would find that I cared about more things than I didn't care about. Uh, fun fact, says Pokemon CEO. He gave the 2018 kind of funny game showcase. Uh, I don't care. What about the last show? Well, again, even though I was I was uh, rebuffed and wasn't invited to participate in it, I still support and enjoy it and <laughs> thought it was very good. Uh, I liked it. I do care. Thank you. That means a lot that you. I, I, I just really, I don't care about not being in, invited to participate or be a part of it. Sure, that I don't. Sure. I couldn't care less about that. It's hard to you know you're always on the East Coast now. You're always that's right, flying that's around. Jet but, but I do care about the showcase. I think it's a great thing that you're doing, highlighting smaller games again. Skatebird and a couple of other games Skateboard. I discovered from uh, the showcase. I think it's a wonder. I think the showcase is doing uh, wonderful work, and long may it continue. Thank you. Final question is another Gary focus when it comes from Borzin00. Good morning, Greg and Gary. This question is all about Gary's new passion of shouting out smaller Twitch streamers and highlighting them through his Twitter account. What makes these smaller streamers stand out to you? And ultimately, how do you find them? Finding a small and budding Twitch channel seems to be seems to be hours of scrolling and searching the site for specific keywords. So I was wondering what we can do as watchers of a fairly large channel to hunt down these smaller streamers and give them a shot at making it big. So Most- if you're not following Gary went on Twitter get on it because yeah he does do a whole bunch of shout outs of him watching this kind of most of the smaller streamers that I have found and given shout outs to uh, are in the retro category you can subscribe to different categories yeah not just specific games but sure. like retro is its own like you, there are different channels like if you want to watch people play Apex you subscribe to that channel and it will show you all the Apex streams um, I don't really I used to subscribe to the to the PUBG streams because I used to watch the PUBG players and then uh, my, the, the only two channels I currently apart from like individual channels like kind of funny things like that the only, the only channels I subscribe to are Retro, which is what people are playing all the old 8-bit games. And yeah. I've, I've shouted out a lot of streamers from there. Um, and uh, one called Just Chatting, which is just people... Chatting you know, just, up. And, you know, it's a lot of, you know, people talking nonsense. Yesterday I found a guy that was trying to eat 100 chicken wings in an hour. Wow. Watched him. Did he do it? He, no, he tapped out. He only uh, got about 60 done in an coward. hour. Oh, coward. He was looking miserable, miserable by the end. Dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But I found my new... So I'm going to give a shout out to my new favorite Twitch streamer. Uh, and I'm gonna, I've got to try and get him on kind of funny because he's fantastic. Okay. He's called the Dapper Rapper. Okay. So it's just Twitch t- Twitch.tv slash the Dapper Rapper. Uh-huh. Um, and he's a freestyle uh, rapper. And as you chat to him in the chat, he will incorporate your comments wow. into his flows. That's cool. And he's a really good rapper. And he plays Fortnite too. Wow. So he will drop he will drop into Fortnite streams and start freestyle rapping and freaking people out because he's really good. Anyway, I've become a big fan of him. Uh, I'm in his channel a lot. Check out the Dapper Rapper, and I'm going to try and get him on kind of funny. I think he would be great for KFAF. You would love him. Okay, I want to yeah. see him and Andy like do like a jam session. Sure, or something. yeah, hell yeah, it'd be fantastic. All right, I like your right. style. Okay, ladies and gentlemen. It's time to squad up. This is where one of you writes in to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames, giving your name, username, platform of choice, and why you need help in a video game. I read it here. The best friends come and find you, and everybody plays games together. Today, Chad needs help in Harry <laughs> Potter Wizards Unite. Uh, his Twitter is Chad Mike Innis. M-I-K-E-I-N-N-I-S. Chad Mike Innis. Praise Dumbledore Wizards Unite is finally here. The new Pokemon Go-esque Harry Potter game comes out this Friday, and this little Gryffindor can can't oh, hardly that's wait. that's what it is. It's like a Pokemon Go. Yeah, yeah, okay, you, go, you, you right. have poor keys and you bust stuff. Uh, I'm looking for some best friends in San Francisco who want to meet up this Saturday, June 22nd, and run around diddling port keys, punching house elves, <laughs> or whatever the hell happens in this game. <laughs> Hit me up on Twitter, at Chad Mike Innes. I'll be wearing oh my, my knee-high so Gryffindor like, socks. Remember when Pokemon Go was a huge deal and you would see people congregated no, around Pokestops? Yeah. Is this going to be that again, but now people wearing fucking Harry Potter robes? 
Because I'm not remains down with that. to be seen, but I doubt it'll be as big as I don't Pokemon think it'll be as Go. Big. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. Pokemon Go, man. Yeah, exactly. What a thing. I mean, if, and also if Ghostbusters World can get as big as Pokemon Go. Well, Harry, I, no I don't way. want to offend you, but Harry Potter is bigger than Ghostbusters. <laughs> Maybe sure. There's 35 <laughs> years. All right, scoreboard, everybody. 35 years of Ghostbusters. Harry Potter's been what? Five, four, six years? Bit longer mean. than that, I think. Much longer than that. No, you know I mean, what? All, I mean, those kids are all grown up. It's time for you're wrong. This is where people watching live on Twitch go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong and tell us what we screw up as we screw it up. Nanobiologist is setting Gary straight. Red versus Blue actually started as an after work project by Bernie with Matt, Gus, Jeff, Gus, well, I, with Bernie with Matt, Jeff, Gus, and Jason. A little more than two people. They went full time with Red versus Blue and Rooster Teeth after working on the show for several years after their daily jobs. So what part did I get wrong? Just that it was I mean, you said, a couple two, of you said it was two people. Yeah. Okay, yeah. A small, a small team of guys just kind of doing uh, Halo Machinima in their spare time. Yep. And now, and now a, a pop culture empire. Chitty Chat Chat says Gary mentions that being a part of a union protects him from being tr- complete, treated li- like complete shit from Hollywood bigwigs. However, the union does not protect him from Greg. Watch your back, Greg, Gary. Yeah, this, this work isn't covered by the WGA, so you can treat me as, po- as poorly as you want. Uh, Slap him around! Lord of Pwn has missed news for me from GameDaily.biz reporting that former Gearbox employee provides proof Randy Pitchford diverted this funds this morning. to personal company. Yeah, he's got the receipts. So is he? Is it just done, though? I I don't know, but he's got some. He's got. Did he, they file they, it in court? Is that what happened? Yeah, he filed papers in court, and you can go onto the like the court website and see. Interesting. Him. Yeah. Okay, I missed that. Check it out. Um. Okay, so nanobiologist says to clarify: if you upgrade Game Pass, if you upgrade to Game Pass Ultimate, all of your remaining Xbox Live Gold rolls into your subscription and extends it. Each month of gold adds two two thirds of a month to your ultimate. That's too much math. I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's too complicated for me. Yeah. No, can't do it. Sorry. Not gonna do it. Also, uh, you, you can get it by like getting ping, Bing points, right? And like accruing Bing those. points. Yeah. Is that yeah, still no, a we thing? We talked about that. It's, That's it's, it's, it's not that easy. Remember when Microsoft was really trying to make Bing a thing? Oh yeah. yeah. And Big they time. were actually paying. At one point, they were doing product placement and paying people on TV shows to say, "Hey, let's Bing it." <laughs> like nobody says that. According to Tim Dut, uh, Tim Dutton, and you're wrong. Happy second anniversary, kind of funny games daily. I missed the beginning of the show, so you might have already covered this. But if not, thank you so much for everything you do to make this show happen each and every. <laughs> weekday it means the world the best friends and the hard work i guess it's our second anniversary is it like what games daily yeah i guess today i guess i guess really are usually right about who keeps track Uh, i mean you can just look i mean isn't there one guy that always sends you like that's when we hit like milestone episodes you know what i mean kind of funny games daily I mean, can you first can you can you episode. go pull up the first? Day? Are you able to do that? Yeah, pull I mean, up the yeah, first YouTube's there. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. J- uh, June nineteenth, uh, twenty seventeen. There it is. Woo! Holy shit! Who was on the first episode? Andrea. You and Andrea? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, of course. I don't know why I said wow, that. Wow! Look at how far you've come. I know, in right? Two years. That's I know. Did See, the first- we had that. Look at that. Nobody even remembers that. That's how that. That's the original intro. This oh is the right first one we're watching party? right now. We are doing a pizza party. There you go. Literally, uh, ladies and gentlemen, this has been kind of funny games daily. Oh, look, there it is. There's a beard. Of course not. Pre-beard. Man. How, how, Dark how f- times. And look at it. What's annoying, of course, is that, and you can watch this on your own, Andrea hasn't aged. Looks the exact same. Very no, she's ageless. But it's a little bit like um, Star Trek and your Riker. Starts without a beard. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Bit ropey at the start, but you yeah. grow the beard and then it gets good. Yeah. And now we're in, now we're in the good season. We're in the great seasons yeah. right now. Yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this has been kind of funny games daily each and every week down a variety of platforms. We run you through the nerdy video game news you need to know about. If you like that, be part of the show. Patreon.com slash kind of funny games. Watch it live. Twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. Watch it later. YouTube.com slash kind of funny games. Listen on podcast services around 
the globe. Um, as Kevin pointed out, there is a pizza stream today. We are doing a pizza party DiGiorno stream this afternoon. If you want to stick around, is play. that sponsored by DiGiorno? It, it is. Yeah, Di- Mr. DiGiorno finally came through on us. We're, we're playing charades, we're eating DiGiorno and hanging out. Oh, the, really? Set. When is that? Uh, after KFF, so not too long. Mm-hmm. Oh, I have a I have a call I gotta do. Do the call. Uh, do the call. It doesn't matter, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you.